Well, welcome to Going Deeper. Lisa, thank you for hanging around after speaking today. I'm really glad you could join that conversation in this series of John. Um, It's a great story looking at this woman, this Samaritan woman at this water well who meets Jesus in an unexpected way. Um, I always like asking the question, like you're the one out of all of us that have spent the most time in that passage as you've prepared. How do you reckon it was for that woman? So she's gone to the well to get some water and she has this unexpected encounter with Jesus. What do you think it would have been like for her? What would it have felt like? What what would have been going on for her, do you think, as you've engaged with that? Look, I really sensed as I read it that from the very first words that Jesus said to her, there was a real look, a sense of disbelief as to why is this guy even speaking to me? Like there was, you know, I imagine that she came to the world, she probably saw him sitting there and nowhere in her mind was she thinking this guy's going to start chatting to me, let alone the account that actually occurred. So I think for her from the very first words of, can I have a drink? She's like, what? Why are you speaking to me? Um, She was, you know, and everything that he said was just so profound. And then he starts to tell her all these things about herself. And she's thinking, why does he know these things about me? Who is this guy? Um, And knowing that he's a Jew and trying to align that with what she knew about Jewish figures of faith and him not really fitting into that. And then this moment where he just reveals who he is Mm. and she's just got nothing to say at that point you know everything else that was in her head I think just left she's left the water jar she forgot why she was there and she's just taken off and gone who can I tell what just happened this is crazy Um, so I really think for this woman I think such a conversation that would have been really bizarre really confusing and and just shocking just Mm. shocking from the very first moment that he spoke yeah I love it when Jesus says something like if only you knew amazing isn't it so here's, here's this woman who's, who goes to get a drink, probably for many people on behalf of many people, a family or probably more, um, has an encounter, forgets that that's why she even went there and, and goes off and be good to chat about that some more. I'd love to ask you though, so you're, you're a full-time SRE teacher in two high schools, yeah? Um, and you've been yep. doing that for such a long time. Good on you. It's so good that doors are open and you can be speaking jesus in that place um i can't help but think and i'd want to ask you this question what it's like for people maybe young people in high schools um because this woman had this kind of you talking to me why would why would you be talking to me do you actually know my life and what's going on in my life and jesus did described it do actually young people or people in your world that don't have a faith is that a real thing do you reckon young people would go why would god want to speak to me why would jesus want what jesus does he even know me what, what's going on in that place for people that don't have a faith do you reckon oh 100 percent um i think that's very real for young people yeah. and i even find sometimes that even young people will have that reaction towards me in me personally as I try to share God with them and they're sort of like why are you being nice to me why are you helping me Um, I think there's a real sense in people that 
people live for themselves and they don't live for other people very often. And it's rare when someone comes and does something for someone else with no strings attached. Mm. It's kind of like, why are you doing this? What do you want from me? And so when I offer help to someone, whether it be a staff member or a student, or uh, I often get that response of, you know, I don't know. I didn't deserve that. Why did you do that for me? Mm. Um, and I find that with young people all the time, you know, there is many a time where I've had a conversation with a young person where their response has been, it's too late for me. I've made too many mistakes. I've done too many things wrong. Uh, there's no turning back. God even couldn't possibly, even as a young person, God couldn't possibly want anything to do with me. Um, so I think that's very real, mm-hmm. a very real feeling for a lot of people. Wow. So you, you see that in young people would have that thought, even in my young life, why would God love me with all that's happened in my life? Yeah. Wow. And here we see this this woman who Jesus says, yeah, I know, I see, I know your story. You've been married five times and the guy you're living with now is not your husband. I know you. I still love you and accept you. So here's some young people. What about some of us older people who have got a lifetime maybe of stuff in our life that we've accumulated? What would you say because you live that pretty constantly in your space, if that is a real thing for young people and it's probably a greater deal for maybe adults like this Samaritan woman but equivalent in our world today, what would you say to maybe Christian people, maybe people that are part of a home group who's kind of having conversation about this, what would you be your encouragement to Christian people when they're in the space of someone who really feels like that? What's the best way to approach that? What would we say? in that space um i've often been a big fan of the the saying um actions speak louder than words yeah and i tend to find that as well as obviously sharing our own stories which i talked about today i think the second most or maybe even the most powerful thing we can do is we can show the gospel through the way we live um and it's it's those times where the opportunity is there for you to just offer someone some assistance Mm. whether it be practical assistance let me help you do something whether it be um you know let me share half my packet of toilet paper rolls with you with the lady behind me in audi because there's no toilet paper left on the rack and she hasn't got any or whether it just be you know giving gifting something to someone um there's real power in that because their reaction is always going to be i don't understand why you're doing that for me uh i don't know this you or i don't know you very well or i don't deserve this and that's a real boundary crosser i suppose you know if we've got this gap between ourselves and someone that we're trying to share with if we can bridge that gap with our actions by reaching out in a practical way first, uh, then the, the, the conversations can kind of follow. Wow. Um, so that's what I find works best. Um, so you're saying those kind of actions would break down any kind of barrier? Yeah. Going, Why would you want to talk to me if you only knew my life? Yeah. Wow. And it can be it can be difficult, and you'll even you'll come across people who will keep putting the wall up and saying, "Don't touch me, don't come near me." Um, but if you just keep coming um, and just keep, you know, reaching out, it's, it's going to bring those walls down. Like it, it can't not, you know, love is the most powerful thing. Um, and the best demonstration of love is nothing that we can say, but what we do. And that um, is going to make a difference for sure. Wow. I know, I mean, you would have so many stories. I know a, a few of them because you've shared them with me in your journey. And I know there's been times when you've even engaged Coast Community Care 
to actually engage emergency relief gift cards or whatever to help in that way. Practical support that says, love you, see you, appreciate you. What difference has that made in those situations even as time's gone on? So practical need fulfilled. Um, what difference has that made in that, in that place? Look, I think it just allows for relationship building. Um, it allows for you to, to have a conversation, you know, why did you do that? Well, this is why. Let me tell you about what God's done for me. Yeah. Uh, and if I can do something for you, then that's fantastic. Um, so I think, you know, it, it breaks the wall, the initial wall down for you uh, and then allows that relationship to build, uh, for a friendship to form um, because, I think when someone's got a wall up in their life and they're trying to pe- keep people out, if you can tear that wall down with love uh, and with practical love, then you can reach the person. Uh, and I think that's what makes the difference. Yeah. It'd be interesting if we held the disposition without saying it, if only you knew. Yeah. If only you knew how much God loves you and sees you. Imagine if we held that disposition mm. and it changed things, wouldn't it? I loved how you shared about the testimony that we have. Um, because this Samaritan woman had a, had such a testimony, a story, that she left a water jar and just went and told people, couldn't help it. Um, but you made a great point that I think is an issue for many Christian people. You spoke about um, Irene and how she shared a story. I love Irene. If you're watching, I just love the way that you engage with people and you openly share your story. She's got an amazing story. Yeah, so it's good. inspirational. She catches me in the heart every time. Yeah. And I just love to see what God's done in her and continues to do through her. And she's got this amazing life story, um, how God redeemed her and rescued her. And, but it's funny, like some many Christian people would say they haven't got that story. And you hear people say, oh, I just need to go and work on my testimony. Like... And, and then you talked about like one of your one of your kids, your son, who would say, oh, "I haven't got a story like that." But you actually said something I thought was very significant. That said, our story is our story. Our testimony is our story with Jesus, mm. and everyone's got one of those. What would you say to the person, the Christian person, that feels like oh, I haven't got this massive? big backstory and ridiculous life change. I grew up in a Christian home. What would you say that would empower people to share their story of Jesus? Look, I would really probably just ask the question that I asked this morning, which is just take a moment and go, what's God been doing in my life? Because if yeah. you if you think back, you don't, I know I don't have to think back very far to go, wow, God did that this week. God did that last month. God did that last year. And you have significant moments in your life and then you have life, you know, those little moments as well, but they're all important. Um, and depending on the context of the conversation that I'm in mm. will vary the story that I tell. Yeah. Um, you what's know, an example? What's a, has there been a time or what would you say if you go, it's, it's a bit hard, but if someone says, "Just t- what's, what's your story with Jesus? What would you say? What would you say? Um, one of my favourite stories is usually to tell uh, the story of how I wound up becoming an SRE teacher, okay. um, which, you know, coming out of high school, I had all the plans in the world of being a marine biologist. Um, and a bit different. A bit different to what I'm doing now. <laughs> um, I'd even been accepted into a scholarship to go and do it, but I gave it up to do a teaching degree instead. Wow. So that's one of my favourite stories um, of just really showing how God um, really I guess, put that call on my life and opened those doors and led me to where he wanted me to be. Um, Another one of my favourite stories is probably stories of provision. 
Um, and there's been lots of those in my life, uh, in my family's life particularly. Um, You know, we had an amazing story um, when my son, just before my son was born, when uh, the June 2007, seven storms that long weekend, uh, we we suffered some massive damage to our house um, and our insurance company didn't cover it and um, amazing story of how God provided to rebuild our wall effectively. Mm. Um, so that's another one of my favourite stories. But there's little stories as well. Like, um, you know, when you spend your life journeying with God, he's always doing something. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we miss it. Um, and yeah. I think it's great for us to just stop and go, what did God do this week? Yeah. And you usually don't have to look far to yeah. realise that something's been happening. Isn't that good? I, I really like that, that my testimony is my story with Jesus. And it's really personal it's it's a it's a vulnerable thing to share that personal engagement with Jesus and it's um it's great that we all, we all have those stories and be great to share those um i loved in this story with the samaritan woman that she did leave her water jar she went and told many people and many people believed what do you reckon happened in that story what 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 could you see would have happened as she went back to her village, to her home. I wonder. Um, I wonder who she went to um, initially. But uh, you know, they've they've told her this story, and perhaps they thought she was a little bit mad. But thought, you know, well, let's go and check out what she's talking about. Um, and then they've obviously come down, and I can only imagine. Um, although John doesn't record much of what happened there, only two verses, but he stayed there two days and he spoke with them. And if he could have such a life-changing encounter and conversation with her, you can only imagine what he said to them. Uh, and I can imagine it would have just been revelation after revelation after revelation as these people in this town realized that they literally did have the Messiah sitting at their well mm. um, and you know, and would have just been life-changing for all of them. And you can only imagine too... You know, we know what happened to the woman and where she went, but where did all the others go? Yeah. You know, what happens when they took their story and went and told others? So you can only imagine the ripple effect that must have occurred in this town mm. as all of the people that live there kind of have this revelation and then take that elsewhere and share that. Who knows really what came from that? Yeah. How do we get that ripple effect now in our towns, in our neighbourhoods? How, how does that happen in our world today? I think, look, as as a church and as an individual, I think it works for both of us. So uh, I think for us initially, I think we just need to be to know that, you know, maybe we only tell one story um, to one person, but who knows where that's going to go. Like, Mm. um, you know, there's that classic story of how Billy Graham got saved. You know, he was one little kid at one little meeting that made a decision to come forward and then you know what happened because of he his decision to be saved um so i think you know you just don't know what's going to happen from the you know where you started i suppose um and as a church if we're all doing that then can you only imagine the impact if every single one of us are out there in our go spaces every week sharing our stories and impacting others and then that ripple effects going out like i mean that's massive yeah it's kind of open-ended, isn't it? Mm. Like I, I love how you describe that because I really think if we, if we can live like that and understand that because of God's grace, we have a relationship with him, praise God, um, that we have a story of our engagement with him. And then we, when we just authentically share that as we go about our story with Jesus and add faith that actually God's going to use that 
in multiple ways for other people to come to him and hear from Jesus themselves. And mm. then that continues. Powerful. It That's is. my hope. It is. You know, I, I've been teaching SRE for nearly 20 years. Wow. And I've tried to do the maths before, but I've estimated that I've taught something in the effect of over 10,000 students wow. um, in that time. Yeah. And you can only imagine, you know, and, and I often don't get to see the fruit of the seeds yeah. that I sow. Occasionally we bump into students post high school and they'll tell you, oh, guess what? I'm going to church now. And you get that really cool. Yeah. How awesome is that? That's really exciting. But you don't get that all the time. But yeah. I like to imagine that one day when I get to heaven, there'll be a whole bunch of students there, you mm. know, telling me, hey, I'm here because you talked to me about Jesus, yeah. um, which is kind of cool. And I think we've all got that opportunity. Like, yeah. you know, we really don't know what happens to the seeds that we plant. Yeah. But we just keep, need to keep planting them in faith and believing that what we sow, God will water yeah. and we'll see that grow. Unreal. I really appreciate you bringing that message. I love how you live your life. I love how you describe that then. And my hope is that we can do that together. We can share our faith like that in all the places God has us, from our homes, from our streets, our neighbourhoods, in our workplaces, just to be ready to share and trust God that, that great things will happen out of that, mm. like we saw in this story today. So thanks for sharing. Thanks for joining us. Our hope is that this would cause some great conversation, whether it's in a home group or just with a few people, on how we can share our story with Jesus, with others, so that we see many believe. Yes. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon.